0: You just You jumped the gun on me With the claps The other week And you double You double No 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 I won't even let that one slide I, I can You realize I have Final godlike Editing power over this You just that You talk shit You get clapped you, you talk shit You get clapped That's yeah. fair But yeah I,
1: I <laughs> This is gonna be so annoying you're you keep, Yeah, you You're just gonna keep Doing it then
0: Uh huh Fair enough Alright can I get one more Then when you pick <laughs> Welcome back to Weepology, everybody. The only podcast that is powered by a isekai demon lord in the basement. And That's LaCroix. Right. And LaCroix. <laughs> the double cock LaCroix. I am your, uh, I don't know, innovative professor, Ricky. Hey, I'm Ethan. Yeah, there? Just flat out. Yeah. Just vanilla up. Yeah. I I had a very intense work week leading up to this. Into the Easter weekend. Happy Easter to everyone who gives a shit. If you don't. Hope you had a good time with family. Maybe happy maybe, spring fling. Happy spring fling. That's all. That's all it is. But yeah, I was uh, while I was watching the show that we're going to be talking about today, I was looking at reviews for the Super Mario Bros. movie. Uh huh. Um, thoughts? Would you actually care to go see that? I I was watching the trailers too, and I'm like, I don't know if I would be too much of a jaded piece of shit to try to like over-evaluate that kind of thing yeah i mean i have like zero interest that really not so d- does any kind of these this resurgence of like video game reboots and remakes from like into a movie kind of aesthetic none of that attracts you i think the problem is
1: i was just never really into those types of games right like if i was like a big like even the sonic movie i saw the first one like yeah because yeah. it was like on tnt or something like every movie
0: eventually Sonic's already hitting
1: cable. This was a while ago too. Uh, that is
0: fair, I guess. Yeah, but,
1: but I have, like no. Well, maybe I had like Regal Unlimited or something. So I was like, "Fuck
0: it." It was the last movie I saw <laughs> before the true pandemic hit in like 2020. Oh, maybe
1: Movie Pass back then. Yeah, even. that kind of shit. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, like I had no interest in seeing the second one. I do like it, like Ben Schwartz. I think is funny. And, Honestly, he
0: does a fantastic job as right, Sonic. I will but, say,
1: but like beyond just like a like a like an actor that I like, like I don't really
0: give a shit. See the, the second Sonic movie, which I talked about, you can go listen to that episode, me, Danny and Sam of over at anime summit. We talked about that. They call it cinematography. And we talked about the Sonic movies. Those reboots, I think rebooted the concept of rebooting. And it, for at least from a video game movie standpoint, because now we have the super Mario brothers movie It got a 56 on Rotten Tomatoes. But want to guess the audience score thus far? 87. 96. So apparently critics are like, it's a kid's movie, whatever the fuck. But audiences uh, seem to care a lot about that movie, that reboot, that idea of making this uh, like beloved, probably the most iconic video game character ever created into a movie. Um I I looked at some of it and I I don't know if I can walk in and be not a jaded asshole about it. Like I can just be like, I'm going to nitpick cuz I played every Mario game from like Super Mario uh, Brothers Deluxe all the way up to Mario Odyssey and everything in between."
1: Yeah, I have no um <laughs> no firm standing whatsoever, so I would be going from like a pure enjoyment of movie standpoint uh because like I mean I played some of the games I got the like you know you can get the SNES and the NES like uh HDMI version Oh yeah 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 the new
0: the new uh just here's a whole system packed with all the best yeah, this, the best this hits
1: This brick of 70 games that's in like you know a, a large USB
0: like a retro package too right You exactly. kind of look like you have an a SNES sitting on your your TV console, which I love the idea of that. I which, love that it did you
1: know, that. I played a couple of them, but it's just like, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't have the, I, I realize this about myself versus like you, you play a lot of like single player games. Oh yeah, well, I'm in for the narrative,
0: the story, the gameplay. I cannot fucking finish a game to save my life. Oh, you you know how I play. I don't finish them either. I will have game ADHD and I'll just bounce to another game right. in the middle of a game. I'm like, fuck it, I want to go do this one now. But so. I'm just like uh
1: like I could play like battle royales for like 6 months straight nonstop. i I just be good to go. And like because every single game is different, you know what I mean? Like something different happens every game. Like you could play it hours a day and not really have much issues. But it's just like I don't know for me like getting to the point when you're like super strong. I think one of the games I've played the farthest, I mean, I've finished games before, obviously,
0: but is like uh, the infamous games when you like originally got uh, like PS3 and 4. And Second Son, I think was one of the initial PS4 games. What a beautiful open world game. Good but God. That like, was cool because like it was
1: the exact power set that I liked. The like lightning, electric guy. Lightning, using elements around you. Yeah, yeah. and he was getting like dumb, strong, quick. So it wasn't like, oh God, I gotta wait forever. Uh, like Spider-Man I think is actually one of the only games I ever really finished. That game is sublime
0: from a superhero I mean standpoint. like one of the original yeah. spider mans like GameCube.
1: <laughs> Never mind. I thought you meant yeah. PS4. No, oh no. shit.
0: Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. But you know what? That was a whole lead up into obviously speaking of reboots and reimagining of very classic concepts. Today, we'll be talking about a show that recently just finished up and it is been on people's minds not just because of the classic iconic narrative that it tries to retell, but the new flavor and paint that the studio that owned it Uh, tried to impart on it. And I think the former has a bit of issues, but I think the, the anime community is taking more issue with it because rose tinted glasses are involved. But the latter, the visuals could be one of the greatest steps towards a new, not new. It's not new. I'm just a jaded asshole about this kind of visual storytelling and the medium that it uses but I think this show, above most others, has taken the cleanest step towards me being accepting of CGI. Ethan, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Try Stampede. The 2023 Studio Orange show that if you do not recognize Studio Orange, you may from their Honestly, like groundbreaking work with Beastars, Land of the Illustrious, the, the the rock chicks and various other uh, 3D and CGI centric shows. They're kind of like the, the the pioneers in this camp. I think Ufotable was one of the ones I think that incorporated CGI the cleanest into 2D and had a melding of the two. This is a studio that is hanging its hat on the saying CGI works. CGI is a concept as an entire uh you know front to back visual storytelling suite is the shit. Post- I think that'd be a good name for a studio actually. What? CGI works. CGI works. Okay. And and let's get that going. We already we it's have a little bit of a double entendre. The, isn't it though? Yeah, yeah we can we can get the the, the demon lord powering the the lab to definitely power the the CGI rendering the studio, of that yeah, shit. Of course. Oh, easy easy. So we I think it's important we can, we can probably brush this one real quick, the, the visual storytelling, the the CGI. How did you feel about this take on CGI? It was entirely done in that way, apart from maybe a couple sequences that were more 2D for purpose-driven effects. But how did you feel about the, a 96% CGI show like this? Yeah, I feel very um,
1: kind of... Actually, nostalgic back to like Disney
0: early disney movies to be honest the expressiveness they managed to capture and even in the sea that's what caught the disney twinge for me where like the way that these characters they would emote and they would move so fluidly it it did feel like like prime disney that we grew up with
1: yeah i was thinking like the uh the atlantis movie whatever the fuck that was was thinking i was thinking
0: treasure planet
1: See, I, I think it's kind Is of like that, a melding that? of both those art styles, too, because, like, Vash had a similar, like, sort of vibe as both of the main characters of those. Like, if you melded them together. It, like,
0: it, it borrowed a lot of the visual and aesthetic cues from, like, that era of Disney, when, like, their B-sides were absolute clappers, and just, like, it, you, you would see the love that was poured into these movies because it was just the meticulousness of that 2D kind of visual storytelling meticularity the meticulant the meticulations meticulination (laughs) but yeah honestly I, i i was very i was blown away by the the way that cgi was incorporated here i still think the one thing they need to get rid of onion slicing i think that was maybe some of the worst visual elements where they tried too hard and it's not them specifically it's anyone that tries modern cgi in an anime format it feels like that they like art like that's what onion slicing is. They artificially chop out um, uh, frames from their rendering. So it looks like 2D frames, but it always feels like in this, it's in that uncanny valley when they had those real dynamic camera shots or they're just letting them fully emote in full FPS. It looked fantastic. And I'm like, yeah, don't don't do the tricks to to fool me into thinking I'm watching 2D anymore. Just give me full CGI. You're already that ahead of the curve. Like that's what Studio Orange's whole bread and butter is. So, yeah, I wouldn't say
1: there was too many like weird movements or anything that I noticed. I would say you know, like Meryl when she was being like indignant, she would move her head like a lot. We talk
0: about the whole like you're you're like uh, it's like the rest frame cycles of like a video game character where well, there's kind of because like, she looping. was like arguing, but she would be, she would like kind of extend
1: her neck forward. Like, to, to show projection.
0: Right, right. And but you felt it was just
1: more than natural. It's, it's what I think of when I see, like, a Disney princess being, like, pouty. Uh, oh, actually, what that's that's kind of tracks. Yeah. Like, that's, like, the exact movement that they used to show that in Disney movies, too. So, like, to me, this was, like, a really, honestly, very Disney-centric feeling. But I also had, like, a little bit of, like, some... Some of the animated Star Wars stuff, like specifically the Rebels, because oh, that yeah, is very CGI, yeah. CGI-ish, right. and then even like some some like video game cutscene type shit. Um, it really felt like kind of an amalgamation of all previous CGI anime, like kind of related um, IPs, kind of thrown together and reskinned, and like uh, like a better looking, obviously than all of those combined version. Um, and like overall, like I really didn't have any issues at all. I think I liked what they did color wise. Like it was very much like a like you felt like you're in this like barren planet, almost Dune esque.
0: I think they 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 definitely, and I I think the uh, the main meat of this episode is definitely the discussion between what they decided to do with this IP in Stampede versus the original twenty six episode run. Um, of the original anime but i feel as though one of the things they did was they definitely punched up the color palette of all the characters in contrast to they already and they did a good job with the bleak sandy background of the planet where i i feel as though that everything in the original anime i don't know if it was an artifact of the the technology at that time or it was a design choice but everything felt like it had that grungy kind of crusty layer of sand over it even the even the most striking of like Vash uh, like uh, Vash's coat like his red coat and it, it still felt like it was you know dusted over by the planet itself whereas in Stampede all the characters of note even uh De Niro, he even had like a like a, and he was in browns mostly but he popped compared to the backgrounds which I think that felt like a proper design choice where maybe the original had an element of the technology of the cell shading and and the two D elements at the time, I don't know. I, I, I well, so I'm wondering if
1: that's not because this is sort of like a early version of what that is supposed to be, right? Like right, so, so right. we've been talking about this because it's not it, it's not really clear whether this is supposed to be a prequel or if this is just a reimagining of the original kind of storyline closer to the manga, which. A lot of people online seem to think it is. Um, it's kind of what that is, where I see it. But I do think it could be a very good tool. It'll say they like finished the last twelve episodes.
0: Uh, show yeah. 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 the last
1: twelve episodes, right? Gosh, and gosh. they like added that almost that like grain over the rest of it to show like right. that yeah. would be kind of interesting, like a like a pre slash post. So a vis- downfall, kind a of way to get
0: us into the second bit. Right to visually put us there. I mean, it'd be really to,
1: interesting. That'd be
0: sick. Oh, probably yeah. too uh, high high art for them though. If I you, had to, you'd yeah. be shocked, man. Like, and and they did say at the very end that they're definitely going to be producing a a quote unquote final phase of of this. So there is more to come in Stampede. So the one thing that this shows reimagining of of Trigon definitely did well. I think was it it, it felt more. Uh, if, it, it was weirdly kind of paced better because it made me consider if the original anime was trying to shove too many things into its story rather than, you know, giving it the space to breathe. Because at first I'm like, okay, we have 26 episodes in the original anime. We got 12 episodes here by itself. I was watching it. Some elements felt rushed. Others were never touched in the original. And I think to myself, okay, which one was the one doing the condensing, doing the, the heavy, weird pacing elements? Because I was not akin or uh, knowledgeable about the manga's at least pacing until I did the research for this. And it turns out, like to your point, a lot of people are saying, Stampede's getting it more, more right in more cases. But does that, again, it's kind of the discussion of the day. Does that necessarily make it a better retelling than what uh, well, the original did? I would
1: say though, like you got to think about it like the whole point of both of the shows is like a
0: a large journey it, I mean there are time spans and time skips that they they invoke that are huge. I mean, so like it's
1: it would be ridiculous to not include some of those like, you know like stops along the way kind of scenario, right? Right. But of course I felt the 26 episodes and I'm pretty sure that this is consistent with what I said after we did the review of that felt like there was probably too much, too many episodes. Like it's hard to like stay engaged for 26 straight episodes of like Vash, Merrill and Millie for, for go the, to random place. Vash accidentally yeah. gets in a fight and blows up the town.
0: That's what I'm saying is that that the, I think the, the overall narrative of what we, got in the original Trigun. to your points back then it felt like we could have done this in maybe 15 yeah maybe 16 and what we got here in stampede was 12 episodes and you got a lot of similar beats that you got from the original some you did not and not how do i phrase this some you didn't because they didn't show it in stampede some they did show in the original but Stampede alluded to they will get there like that's they we'll, we're going to get there. And I, I think when we kind of do a soft, real high level breakdown of like the the overall story of this, then you'll kind of see maybe where we're coming from on that. Only those that are fans of Trigun, the original, will probably understand this kind of thing. But if you've never seen any Trigun shit at all, I'm. I'm kind of weirdly on the fence thinking that maybe you should start with Stampede. Maybe you should give Stampede your first and then go to the OG Trigun. Really give it. And Trigon, the original, is worth all the celebration. It's a fucking masterpiece. I love the way they did it. But I'm I now think curious. think I agree with you. I'm now curious, though. Would you, as someone like, I want to learn about Trigun as a story, a world. How would you deliver that to them? I'm starting to think. Maybe. Well, I certainly would
1: show them the most recent version. Uh, fair enough. Okay. I think as as we go farther and farther into the future here, it's going to be harder and harder to get people to watch stuff from the like late 90s of anime, I think. That is a bummer. To be sure, like, because uh, I think uh, going back to our last week's episode, like Akira, I think will always be a mainstay just because of the like place it holds, the
0: ubiquity it has in the space. You can't. But get I a do run think it's it, going to yeah.
1: get difficult to start showing people like early One Piece, for instance, is going to be I'm hard. I'm going right
0: through it again right now. Like and, yeah,
1: you know, Trigun is going to be tough. Like original Trigun, like stuff like that, where it's like it doesn't like it. It's nostalgia looking good. But it's not good looking good. Right. It's like
0: imagine remember the It's nineties <laughs> good. It's nineties good. And but honestly though, like I watch some of Early One Piece now and I watch and you know, like we watch Trigun. Shit, I'm thinking back to uh GTO, like great teenager, great teacher Onizuka. And I'm thinking like, it's I think that aesthetic is still good and relevant in twenty twenty three in the same way that Watching for me like a Beastars or a Trigon Stampede for a guy who loves 2D is refreshing because it's different, but it's quality. I think the problem
1: is gonna be that yes, the aesthetic is like vapor wave, like it's, it's it fits it's, yeah, still yeah. with like gin's ears The problem is the art is bad. Like original One Piece looks like dog shit. And everyone can agree with that. Like the art is just ugly it's versus like now one piece art like everybody is oh, I've seen you know visuals for really it. it's, fucking sharp lines they all look sick it's sort of like Dragon Ball it was like the the bubbly art version right right like right. obviously his hair was still spiky but like his his eyeballs were big and like bubbly his cheeks were like outside of his face somehow <laughs> like Mickey Mouse and then like you go to like Z and later and dudes you know chisel out of his freaking gourd. Actually, early Dragon Ball Z
0: early, like, Raditz era yeah. kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of
1: like a bubbly... He honestly looked like he was, like,
0: uh... He's was on a... Tren or some shit. He's just, like, f- cloudy. <laughs> yeah. He was He's cloudy. Puffy. He was fl- He's a puffy dude. He's fucking dude. puffy. He's Man, you're on defi- gear. You're absolutely geared. You're on a gear cycle <laughs> yeah. right now, and you're definitely fluffy. Those delts do not happen naturally, my guy. But well, the cut uh, is gonna be vicious. The, cu- the cut's gonna be crazy. Absolutely
1: I'm a, devious. I'm an, I'm an
0: alien, by the way. I don't give a fuck. Who do yeah. you buy your HGH from? 100%. Me, uh, yeah, where do you get that Why from? Why is your
1: neck so fucking wide? wow dude.
0: <laughs> do you even have cheekbones It's just eaten by your traps that's weird dude it's weird <laughs> all in all that is a debate i think I, I it is a debate more for like as individuals who like to advocate review and then like share anime you know you also have studios out here like studio orange reimagining things so people don't have to be embraced by that 90s aesthetic Nowadays, you tell someone, hey, go watch Trigun. Now we have to say which one. There was already two which ones. There was a short special that came out in 2010 for Trigun, but it still kind of fit that aesthetic. I watched like a a minute of it and it still fit that aesthetic. But now if everyone's like, oh, Trigun's a mainstay. Where should I watch it? They're like, well, you could go see the OG Trigun still on Hulu or you can go watch Stampede. And get what people on the internet argue is a more manga canonically uh, consistent story. So reboots sometimes could make the waters muddied, in my opinion, because I want people to go watch the OG Trigon. It's sure. so fun. There's and I think we're going to get into like the differences between the two and maybe why the original is it has a lot more merit now than I think it did. <laughs> I think we uh, knew at the time, um, but I don't know maybe reboots kind of muddy that water. Like, maybe it's a little bit like you can't tell someone to go watch a 90s version of a show when well, th- this exists, you know?
1: I, I think the good news is it's not telling the same
0: story. That is a very good news. This is not a shot for shot. Yeah, Right. Fair in enough.
1: fact, nothing that happened in this piece was shown in the original. So,
0: it's like, were kind there, of okay. Were there not certain beats? Like, wasn't Wolfwood's uh, Wolfwood's Introduction kind of similar in that way, but I I, I, I mean, like backstories of characters are going to stay the same. That is true, that's that's fair. So, I I, that's what I'm thinking. I'm the maybe the original kind of shoved more things into a tighter timeline than we realized because we're like, this could have been 16, but could it have? Should it have? Yes, been? It, the, I promise you. If we go and re rewatch
1: the twenty six, it's gonna feel hard to finish.
0: True, again. but now with they're putting it in two parts, from what we saw, maybe that's the better. It just it wasn't that it was paced too slow. They just paced it weird in general. Like just period, end of story. Well, I think the idea of like we were trying to show
1: you this is a long journey, so we're gonna split it up into like. 18 episodes of the journey sure is a very very serious double-edged sword where like yes it tells us it's a long journey but you might have lost a couple people along the fucking way yeah
0: you lost not just people but decades potentially centuries of storytelling so well okay we'll do a quick very teeny tiny overview of just the world and the characters we have in it And then we got to hit those differences. I think the difference between the shows is what is going to be the meat of this. So what you have is a way far in the future or the past. Who knows? This is a timeless era for humanity. They're uh, kind of a space faring species at this point. We got ourselves, I don't know, faster than light travel, maybe. Definitely Absolutely. faster than light. Oh travel. no! Yeah, we're galactic species. What baby. the fuck? We hit it. We hit it. If we're we, good to go.
1: If you can't travel faster than light, you cannot be a spacefaring species.
0: You heard it here first. You would die by. You would know. like
1: age by the time you
0: got somewhere.
1: Well, cryo. You know, a little bit of cryo, I guess. But there's people <laughs>
0: flying the ships. That's true. Well, well, in the future, they can fly themselves. If ChatGPT can write me some code, it can uh. write me a ship path. To uh, I don't the, think the Andromeda.
1: <laughs> Not yet. Is it Laplace's fucking Chad GPT? How does he know where all the stars are? Well, though? it's going to
0: be in, in 20xx when we start naming years with letters. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Classic. That's a really good point. <laughs> so we have ourselves a, a space faring humanity who uh, is colonizing planets clearly, and there was an incident with one of their ships that is carrying what is known as a plant. And these plants, quote unquote, Are uh, They're basically They hold everything to make The ability to have a society On a planet that is Not like hospitable at all And it's very hostile Uh, It uh, it gives Humans all the tools It needs to survive Water purification, potential for biome And terraforming and all that shit It has all that stuff on deck So where we strike ourselves Is a desert planet way far in the future we're following in this rendition a woman named meryl who is an aspiring reporter actually in this one which is a curious new take on her character and uh her superior is someone who is literally named robert de niro straight up it's supposed to just be robert de niro not the actual one, but is based in every other way <laughs> on Robert De Niro. Um we are introduced to a legend, a lore, a myth in this planet, uh called the humanoid typhlosion. I think they said it in the sub. Um No they did not. Yeah, yeah. It was very not That's not, way the, not the po- not the Pokemon. It was like the Typhlosion or whatever the fuck. It was supposed that to be That sounds way cooler. It was supposed they to be like, like a melding. typhoon in the actual dub. Well it... Oh, did they, just a typhoon. Okay, yeah. they they did say in the original that there was like a they don't have weather on this planet, and generations have passed, and they just don't have weather. So like, there's like hurricaneados in the manga. They don't have. They've never seen a tornado or a hurricane. They just like meld like uh, uh weather events together and just call random shit. So it's very. There's a lot more in the manga that just like makes me want more of that shit. In any case, he's called something cool. This guy named Vash, he's also known as Vash a Stampede. And he has in this show a six billion double uh, dollar bounty on his head. Not sixty, but six. At this point.
1: Yeah, so when I first saw that, I'm like, what? What the fuck? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, so they're really just changing everything, huh? Oh yeah. So they just out here decided the whole fucking thing don't
0: matter no more. Yeah, just the uh, fuck the lore. But this this guy, uh, this Vash fella, he we learn more about him as he kind of enters the picture. The original, I would say, one of the big first differences. The first made him more of a myth. They made him more of a, this like truly a legend, like a force of nature, if you will. Right. But this one, it definitely made him more. Uh, mortal as a concept and i think that is an element of just where they're starting this story across this journey um i don't know it, it, it i think it took a bit away because of the the original the beauty of it was you had so much exposition at the, at the very beginning of almost like the prologue of vash's like historic almost arconic status of just like this this demon that just roams the planet, but then when you meet him in the original, he's an absolute goof right he's he gaffs goofs and gaffs left and right. he's a good, genuinely jawless guy, like just he just he, he's uh <laughs> happy with all people,
1: yeah, I think um like they do lack some of the like narrative punch to not have him be so like reviled early on in this version, right? Because yeah. he's only got I got I mean six six I thought it was six million honestly in this version. It could have been six million because Yeah so it wasn't like even that big of a bounty. Uh it was six million because that's how much that's they how much said, a plant that plant, that's how much costs. A plant
0: costs. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: um anyway so you know he costs like his bounty's like barely even worth mentioning frankly and like we meet him tied up, and he's just kind of like hanging out chilling um but like the i think the lack of narrative punch from from like meeting your main character who's supposed to be this just like absolute fucking fiend, and then like him being like a comedy genius right, like right. slapstick too. it's not like yeah. you know he's just like funny, you know what i mean like I think that is it did it, it did devalue some of the like. I don't know, just some of the bite that a character like Vash is supposed to have.
0: I think, I think part of it, too, is that, uh, and it's something that I don't think a lot of the original Trigun like, diehard fans are going to realize right away, is that when uh, they, they heard reboot, and I think everyone assumed reimagining, and we now know from the narrative of Stampede that we are in a prologue-esque scenario. Right. So we are seeing not only an earlier part of Vash's journey on the planet as the Stampede, but also an earlier version of Vash himself. That I think we have to take both of that into perspective. We're seeing the guy after he does all this shit in Stampede, and it's right before the the, the big explosion of July and kind of the uh, that area in the or post that in the original. Like we are seeing an older Vash then, and a higher bountied, a higher myth, uh, mythologized version of him there. So we have to just kind of take that maybe into account. We're seeing a, we're seeing a young spry one, right? a young spry version of our boy. We're actually seeing the
1: sad boy, Gen Z e boy version. He is of- the e boy <laughs>
0: version for sure, dude. <laughs> I wonder why? Why do you, okay? So I mean, his design—it's clearly another thing that's a huge difference in this show—is their designs are strikingly different. It's clear that he Vash has been redesigned from the head to toe to be more Gen Z relatable, and <laughs> it is like—I like, don't know if they did it on
1: purpose, but that is what it ended up looking like.
0: Yeah. So I. Someone online had done a really good (laughs) No, no, you're right. Like they said, like to their credit, the OG version of Vash, like, it so was of the time. Like that hairdo, the heavy steampunk elements, it was so of that era that it worked then. They softened up and brightened up the design from literally his hair down to his down to his shoes. And they wondered that. Was that all a good decision? I think maybe some of that, the brightening of the colors, the softening of some of the edges was a good choice. I think the removal of the cyberpunk elements, making his like coat way less like kind of steampunky and his shoes way less steampunky for a more softer uh, uh, fashion design. I think that was a that was a big detriment. And even his arm, like it was way too glassy, glossy, almost like higher sci-fi than the steampunk that we came to know in the 90s isn't that supposed to be the aesthetic no matter when you did
1: i think the the major talent?
0: problem here is
1: like this is pre his like essentially downfall right yeah so like anything that we see in this specific entry into this ip i think you have to take some of that with grains of salt because like at the very very end you see him and his hair is like long as fuck. So, that's, like, that's a fair share. I have a okay. feeling like this, if they show us the next 12, he's about to get his like fucking serious do on. The iconics. He's right. going to go full, a little more
0: uh, rough around the edges, literally. So, his jacket yeah.
1: got fucked up in this part. So, I I'm think thinking the, he has to get
0: another jacket. This, so, I, I really think the way they ended St- uh, Stampede is phenomenal because it leads every single element of the original Trigun show available it's available there yeah the entire spread of everything we were missing is there aesthetically i don't think it did a good job of like being able
1: to carry the characters through because he met them just way too fucking early
0: yeah that's fair and and again this makes me there's another piece of evidence did the original actually throw things together narratively a little bit too haphazardly if this is supposed to be closer to the manga like Did we get a weirder blending of the OG? Like, from the OG anime, of the OG manga. I mean, maybe, but what the fuck are you supposed to do now? We'll see. Maybe there's so much more to this other set of chapters that we didn't get exposed to from the original. Which is why I'm thinking, like, the reboot culture can also ignite things that the originals, our our version of Trigun from an anime community standpoint may not have been 100%. Like, what the manga was trying to do or envisioned, maybe, just maybe, Stampede could capture some more of that by being truer to that narrative flow. And I'm here for it, but I I don't... It's another question of, like, everyone who's shitting it online, like, maybe let's do some research on the manga. Let's see if we're actually getting a better take than we got from the original anime. Who knows? Hmm. That's my that's my take on it because I because at the end to your point I said this already doesn't feel right after watching the original watching the original anime I'm like the the stampede doesn't feel like it's it's rushing some the some of the mysteries are gone like they revealed Vash's kind of backstory right up front and I'm like oh come on some of the best shit in the original was getting that deep in the game right but but it's tough because
1: at the very end of this he loses his memories. So if you think about starting a show then obviously the character is also doesn't really know what the fuck's going on so you're able to like narratively drip answers.
0: Right. So I'm I'm curious now. So it's going to be
1: weird if they right. start
0: off and he doesn't know what the fuck's going on but, but we, we do. do. We do. Yeah, right. That's the exact thing that made it kind of a uh, a humanizing experience at the beginning of the original anime. You knew as much as Vash did. Right. But and he's like, I don't know why everyone thinks I blew up July. I didn't do any of that shit. I yeah. just didn't do it. But at the end of Stampede, we saw him do it. Like, it's just what that is. So it's it's amazing that we're now going to go into the final phase of Stampede with narrative. Well, I think it's um there's a name for it. It's like um, dramatic irony. When the audience knows more than your main character or the perspective does. We'll weirdly have that in Stampede, but we never had that in the original Trigun, making them completely separate experiences from that final kind of arc standpoint. So does it necessarily make for a better reboot if it it reframes the way the audience operates with the show? I think in Trigun's example, maybe not. I, I, can, I can see that like being in the mystery with Vash post losing his memories, but like us and him, not knowing that his memories were lost, we could learn with a character. I, I value that in a narrative because it's fun um, and it, it, it makes for really good storytelling. We're now going to be in the know more than he is. Is that going to change Trigun's uh, potency on an audience? I think it might. I think I think it might for a lot of people. Not I mean, it thing. could be an, an interesting
1: way to have like Meryl and Millie follow him around, right? And then like she also knows more than he does this time around. Yeah. Like it yeah. could be more like interesting, honestly, in that regard. We'll just have to see how that all shakes out. Sure. Um. So we're like 38 minutes in. I want to talk a little bit about like sort of the differences between the two. Well, kind of, more of the spoiler ones, yeah. I was trying, I to, mean, be, I was trying to be spoiler warning, I
0: guess. Yeah, I gotta be soft on it. It, it came out in like what, nine ninety-eight? Like the OG. Like, but, but I mean like, that? like we're not really like going through plot points or
1: anything like that. So I really don't think this is gonna be like Fair spoiler enough. heavy. Yeah. It's sort of just like an overall, I guess, goal for the for this season versus the t- the previous two seasons. Yeah, like, like what what is Stampede trying to do here? Well, in- it, in- this in feels to me more like a they're they're calling out humanity's ruthlessness toward its resources, yeah. Rather yeah, than yeah, 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 yeah. the original, felt very ecocentric in my opinion. It did, didn't it? Like, like it, it was how you know humans did fuck up Earth, but also we were unable to fix it. Essentially, because what, what it felt like more of an ecological goal in the first series versus this one was like. They're just using up all these guys' darn plants.
0: Well, it's not lost on anyone who's watching this and seeing the allegories of, oh, what happens when things called plants, literally made from plants, have the agency to fight back against humans who destroy their planet full of plants? Like, crazy how that's all there. But I think think the one thing that that there's a big difference in the way that they portrayed everything is that... um, the eco element, I think, came from us really not knowing Vash's backstory. So his pacifism and all of that, and his protection of life in any respect, without any moral flavoring—like villain, hero, otherwise, just general like oasises and everything—he wanted to protect it all. That's where the uh, kind of the in, in environmental element came to it. But this one in Stampede, they threw out the. Vash and Knives kind of dichotomy from like the first one of two scenes, right? It was... It, they kind of turned Vash into more of an advocate for pacifism for pacifism's sake rather than pacifism for the protection of life. And I don't know if that was 100% a smart move. I, I, I don't know because...
1: I it, kind of viewed it like he was really who's just trying to show or or like essentially unconditional faith in humanity, regardless of whether they've showed any type of, I guess, willingness to reciprocate essentially. Like that was like, obviously the big crocs here. Oh, it is. Knights kept telling them they keep fucking shooting you. They keep hating you, but you still like always go back and love them. And I gotta be honest, like, Narratively, it had zero punch to me. I don't know what the fuck you're supposed to like as an audience. He's knives is fucking right. (laughs) No, yeah, yeah. Not knives is fucking right. So it's just like okay, and then they brought in this whole kind of other aspect where, like, um, essentially, um, our main boy Vash is like a essentially a gate or a conduit to like essentially a higher plane. Actually, I think funnily enough, similar to Akira last week. Oh yeah, I mean, right? Honestly, i didn't like I tapping didn't put, into that subliminal, uh, that liminal space, and like attaining power and whatever. What new
0: bits for this? That's how I mean. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying,
1: kind of funny that we did them back to back without like really realizing. No idea gonna that happen. that was going to
0: be because that the this, the like the third act of the first part of Stampede, which what we got, is pretty different than the original. <laughs> the original Annapa is kind of like a uh, final like uh threat because oh, they are different events in the overall manga epic so it was cool to see something new and fresh to your point like i i think that i think making the the struggle between the ideologies of like knives and vash discussing whether honestly knives might just be objectively right that humans are trash and you can only really see that from an outsider perspective when they realize that they are a being that isn't human they can look at it from an outside perspective. <coughs> but the idea that they kind of led so heavy with it up top, it reduced Vash's, I don't know, the, the the nuances of his shit. Him laughing in the face and his goofiness in the face of a lot of the Act 1 shit from the original anime. You're right. It felt so weirdly fun because you didn't really have a grip on the guy like how is there a dude who is so skilled so passive yet completely like fun and goofy a lot of that stuff it gave you a sense of like a spark of joy in a world of of humanity that feels like they're drudging through it and he gave a spark but you didn't really quite understand why now the way that stampede did it because they opened with like I love humanity. I hate humanity. Or we're just different people, and we're just two sides of the same coin. Blah blah blah. It it, it reduced a lot of what I think the original land made managed to keep and capture with Vash as a character. Like he breathed life into every town he went into, and we didn't. And we knew none of the information about him. So how do they manage to capture that much? Like situational. Magic with a character like Bash, without any of the narrative meat, and it was because they didn't give it to us. He was just a joyous guy. Well, I think
1: I think the the main reason there, and this is my personal opinion, is like the original was very much like more a comedy with like a drama hidden underneath kind of thing. And they kind of trade places at some point, just to well, like once you get more like information. Um, Vash really figures out what the fuck happened in July, like what his role in it was. Right, his right his role in the original, like, you know, crash landing, like like those types of like really seriously deeply emotional beats for Vash, Rim, you know, all that stuff that he has to relearn, I guess, now. Um like that was a very great um juxtaposition against the the happy go lucky guy that we saw the entire first 18 episodes, or what have you. Whereas in this show, the dude's a fucking sad boy summer the entire time. He's like, he's like happy go lucky, maybe like 5% of this
0: whole season. Here's the thing two things on that. One, I think what you just said makes both of the original have that extra narrative spark and punch that we didn't get here and uh, we're, we're not perceiving here is that. The happy go-luckiness of the first like 15 to 18 felt so genuine, but then was reflavored that entire time he had and was learning about all of his kind of you know, he was truly trying to uncover the deeper elements of like of how he got here and how he lost his memory. But the second part, to your point, it was I think he was more happy go lucky on screen more often than what you said but they always took a lot of pains visually and narratively to show that he had pain behind the eyes. Right. Like he was like, Oh, I, I don't deserve to, I don't deserve to, to cry. I don't deserve to cry. I I genuinely don't agree. I think literally like maybe 5%
1: of the time he was like,
0: ha ha. That's what I'm saying. He was a lot of that time, but it always ended in him being this sad e-boy. It always was like, so if you go back, you'd be like, oh, that's actually a scene that if you were to cut it off here, yeah, he's happy-go-lucky, but it always ended with him in a fucking field and like, why are you still smiling after all of that? I don't deserve to cry. Uh." And it just flavors all of the happy-go-lucky bullshit of him just being kind of like a a closet, like angry tween kind of energy. Right. I don't like, I don't think that worked for a character like, vash because he's supposed to be a misunderstood yes but spark of joy when you actually got to know the real him i think they had it flipped in, in stampede a bit where he was he was a, a mis- damper he <laughs> was a damper he was misunderstood but he knew it and then tried to be happy-go-lucky after the fact I don't know if that's how it's narratively supposed to be in the manga, and then we see him be more of a genuinely happy go-lucky guy later. But
1: I'm not sure, man, because like there was even situations where he like wouldn't eat for fucking six days. Yeah, what the fuck?
0: Like, what? It's like,
1: Jesus Christ, dude. Buddy, have some bread. Did daddy yell at you or something? (laughs) Did you get grounded again? Mama Rosa said, get out of here.
0: You're so mean. Even though we tried to kill you like two seconds ago. This is the third time you took my. 3DS and it makes me really upset. I want to play Majora again. God damn it! And he just gets upset and goes to his room. That's how it is. That's that's the energy I got. He was a he was a a a quirky, weird tween, and just was just angry at everything. It's that's fine, I guess, for a tween. But right, but like he was so
1: fucking goofy in the first. Like version that it was like it was
0: genuinely what makes Vash so special as a character and when you see him snap to position to like be the badass and like block bullets with bullets it hit different because he was genuinely just like fucking goofing around and then he went full john wick and then just it's exactly right like the highs to lows like instant like sharpening of like badassery and it was always just kind of there under the surface but he still genuinely was happy and go lucky because he was happy and go lucky hopefully now that we know at the end of this season that there is a final phase coming maybe we get more of that maybe because we see a time skip and he does kind of reimagine himself or him losing his memories could be the precipice for all that and we just didn't get quite the context we're getting now just speculation but yeah i'm not I sure I, th- I think they're gonna play with the same
1: kind of deck unfortunately i think so too i don't yeah. think vash was even nearly as cool this time around yeah which sucks because he was he's genuinely one of the coolest anime
0: characters of all time oh my god just and like he's yeah. just so uncool <laughs> yeah so do you think maybe he's uncool because he's not fully realized or no, he's like, uncool th- because that's how they play them. I think that's how they okay. made him. I'm just just making sure because I, I will. I can sit in that camp. I did see what I saw, and I'm like, man, they really soften this guy. up. I mean, I like, would fucking shoot him. He's like such a whiny little bitch all the whole time. <laughs> like Wo-
1: Wolford or Wolfwood, whatever the fuck his name is, was so much doper. He was. He was. Because he was just like fucking refined to a T. But he was also just like so like not non not nonsensical. Like he was very. Um, Realism centric Realist
0: And they would be like it. stop
1: whining you yeah, He like constantly was like stop whining bitch What are you
0: fucking <laughs> whining about So his character for those that don't know He is not He likes to frame himself as a quote unquote A cleric a priest of sorts Not a true one but a priest of sorts In the original But it's more explicit here And in the original tube that he's more of an undertaker He is a guy who was raised in an orphanage, and through certain means I will not get into, he has gained a toughened body and definitely has a couple means to keep himself alive in situations you should not be alive after. Just shouldn't straight up be alive after that shit. But his iconic uh, uh, weaponry or what he does is he carries literally a a bared cross around with him. And it is essentially a walking arsenal. It is fucking awesome. It is one of the best characters inside and out I've seen in anime. Wolfwood is like one of my favorite. (laughs) He's so dope. Nick D. Wolfwood. Which
1: very One Piece callback. Yep. One thing I wanted to ask you was like, so they they made some changes on characters. I want to see which you liked better. So in his case, for instance, his big cross used to have like a shitload of SMGs inside of it, like an AR, a fucking uh, RPG. And this time, it seems like it's like always a machine gun until or, he until he like drinks some weird power potion or whatever, and then it's like a fucking laser beam. It's a goddamn laser beam,
0: An absolute rail gun. So I I did miss the because I think the element of the original is that each leg or arm of the cross had its own versatility. Yeah, which was sick. Which was sick. You did not have that here, and that's right. that's a little disappointing. But I think from a one of the big character narrative stuff is that his he he didn't he didn't originate in the orphanage or didn't own it or something because i know he was actually fully adopted by a, another priest i don't think that was how it was portrayed here i think he was just always at the orphanage with uh that other character the uh, lizio uh livio 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 the assassin um The basically instead of him, he was put into the system in the original, and then was hired by a priest slash assassin as kind of a surrogate son slash uh you know protege. But in this one, he was just at the orphanage the entire time. I think it took away a bit of kind of the nuance because he then went later and bought the orphanage. That's where we meet him in the original anime. He owns the orphanage, so I I love that he kind of had this entire back arc. And his current well, situation. Well, maybe that's what he's
1: going to do right now. is Buy some bitch. That's
0: thing. I fucking re- okay. I, I just the show got redeemed so many points for me. Setting up everything to be like, oh, you thought this was a, the reboot of what you already seen? Nah, fam, this is a reboot of maybe like forty percent of what you already seen. Right. Yeah, and you're gonna get the rest of the good shit at post July. Anyway, what is your opinion? Do you <laughs> like the
1: original Cross and all its all its quirks, or the one that he's got now better?
0: OG. Og, me too. Yeah. I I just OG. thought it
1: was like when he like first rips that bitch out and he like <sighs> opens it up and he's like shooting all these like SMGs and then he's like JK fucking RPG yeah, bitch. Yeah, bitch. It was just like way more
0: of a like holy shit that was all hiding in the cross. Well, I think they I think they traded in this stampede. They traded steampunk for sci-fi. Agree. Which is eh, eh, I don't know. I, it, again, it lost some of that edge a little bit, but. I don't think it's so big, it's so huge of a detriment. It's worth worth speaking on. Well, but, I'll,
1: I'll kind of get to that in a little bit because okay, I, I do okay. actually have like some issues. I think, but okay. what about uh, Merrill and Roberto <laughs> versus Merrill and Millie? And then obviously, instead of being uh, insurance
0: adjusters, they are now reporters. So one of those things. Now that we have finished, I think the Millie Merrill thing makes complete fucking sense why they didn't do it like it's clear that if you're going to be doing a two parter instead of the OG De Niro or any superior, superior to Meryl needs to occur before Meryl can be who she was and Millie be who she was so for them to now at the very end like Millie's now entered the picture and Meryl's had an entire adventure's worth of experience sick fine and I love De Niro he didn't give a fuck He helped in his own way. He was a good source of experience and wisdom. Fun. However, the insurance versus the news agency thing, I think that was a huge miss. Same. That's a huge miss. Because what more of a natural entry point for those characters than we're researching this guy who has literally been a planetary civilization level liability? Like... We have to go investigate this guy to get some insurance claims because we're always following because that's why they would have followed this guy. He's literally the dude who is the natural disaster that if you had hurricane insurance or flood insurance on your house, if this guy was coming around your place once a month, yeah, you'd probably have to call the insurance place once a month. Hey, Fashio's back. My house got fucking wrecked again. So for the news agency, it felt pretty blase. Well,
1: so I I think it was a miss because well kind of twofold one i thought that the insurance part was like honestly a funny undertone every every single episode every single entry because it'd be like a momentary thing at the end where they're like not liable or
0: something you know what i mean like like, they have the a dollar amount rack right right per event and it's so
1: good but they would also say like attribute a cause to it right so it wouldn't be like you pay it or don't pay. like that was just a kind of fun of a funny little like haha. It's fun. Yeah. It's um, it fun. I like Roberto way more than Millie personally. Interesting. I thought Okay. Roberto being like the drunkle was just like
0: hilarious. I think it was good that he was a drunkle with meryl being who she was in this prologue. Because she was inexperienced. She was looking to him not just as like A protector of sorts but also a mentor and he was being none of that shit (laughs) at all which but he was he was there are moments where he would he would impart his wisdom but that was it was not meant to be necessarily helpful more reality checking right
1: yeah I mean I think he did a good job what I do worry about though is like okay they're supposed to be reporting about Vash yes yet somehow the entire world still is able to miscon congeal what ends up happening in july when they're literally supposed to be writing a report to go in the paper to say what fucking happened in july it's
0: fake news dude
1: i'm just saying like how <laughs> the fuck did they mess this up well or like the whole way along the way shouldn't they be writing shit and then
0: being like send this back to hq and let them like run the story right and i don't think if you were to then make Merrill and millie go and like maybe they switch jobs to go work for the insurance But like, like, why not just pull that through the
1: like that through line through and just make her now be a senior insurance adjuster and Millie's with her. Right, that's
0: all they had to do. I think that they they them they fumbled the bag. They fumbled the bag hard because it was up to you to disseminate the information that like this is what went down in July. Exactly right, and you absolutely couldn't pull that off. Your one job as a reporter is to report shit. And you couldn't report on the, on the biggest event that happened on the planet, like possibly ever. since people landed there, by the way.
1: Which you also could give people kind of like the background of now. Yeah, right. So it's just like, you have more what com- the fuck is the point of this
0: stupid... You could be the best in your industry and you won't fucking even manage that. Yeah, I like... Disrespectful. Absurd. So yeah, I, I think switching their industries up like is a bit of was a bit of a fallacy to be sure. But Robert De Niro was... He was a more fun character, I think, solo. But I love the seasoned Merrill with the inexperienced, but hunky as fuck Millie, like the absolute bruiser. I love that dichotomy of just like little girl. She's experienced. She was like like queen of her field. And then there's Millie, who's just like I'm just happy to be here, just carrying like a ton of metal on her arm. Like that's a that's a good dynamic. That's a fun one. Um, And they did it really really clean in the OG. So.
1: Yeah, I think because it was so like comedy based, I think it made sense. Like the hard ass is the like you know little
0: Pomeranian type. Yes. So by flipping the definitely like the stampede is so drama heavy. Like like you said, sad boy, e boy energy heavy. So Almost like, like nonstop, right? So to have a character like De Niro in place of a Millie. That made sense, and yeah. that tracked. So I'm like, I he fit, like the old cowboy. He fit the aesthetic when he's pissed off in the pasture seat. God made his. man, <laughs>
1: cult made man equal.
0: <laughs>
1: That's kind of what I would expect
0: Roberto that to sounds, say. That sounds about fucking right. Yeah, as he's washing down the last of his corn mash in his fucking That's pasture about seat. Right. Like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> but I, I, so that that was an interesting difference. Um, some so, of the other characters though, that apparently after doing some research were mainstays in stampede and hopefully ongoing were one-offs character of the week shit in the OG. Good example was Zazie, the beast who apparently is like a huge antagonistic force going forward, which is great or was, was more so in stampede than, the, than it was in the OG. I love the idea of like, that kind of almost like a psychic type character in a world like this. Well, it did seem like the add you know, like Earth's creatures have
1: some some of their own kind of agency in this fight as well. Sure, sure. Right? Because they very much put it up to like humans versus angels or versus plants, whatever you want to call them, right? Right, right. And it was very much like that was the con- the the conflict. But then Zazie's like, look fuckers, like I can still choose a side too And I rule all the motherfucking uh, wormy boys. Um, So I I do think, like, I liked her addition to this, though I was, like, obviously not sure what the fuck was going on
0: half the time with her because, like, she did not actually pick a side. (laughs) That was, like, I I did immediately think of Mac from Always in Sonny in Philadelphia, where he goes to both sides of an arguing gang and says, I'm playing both sides because if I do that, I stay on top and both sides are like, rule number one is you don't tell both sides, you're playing both sides. What right. the fuck are you doing? And it felt like Zazie was playing both sides and telling them that she was playing both sides right. all the time. Then and again, I don't know she if did she seem immortal, she so I'm not really sure how they was super strong. So yeah, yeah. Like, I'm playing both sides because I'm bored, and I'm like, all right, fuck it, I'll take any help. <laughs> <I can laughs> okay, get. <then>. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sounds, sounds right. But I, I love the addition and more of kind of a fleshing out, both the character design and the character involvement. Very in for that. Um, other other than that I think I'm trying to think of the the key differences Millions of Knives is still I, I think was played pretty the same in terms of ideology was kind of locked in for both I, I don't know necessarily how I feel about him as like an antagonistic villain while we've talked about yeah he's probably right in his philosophical sitting I, I never well, was like, over the moon about him as, a, as an antagonist even in the original
1: well he's an I don't know if he is like really an antagonist. He's just, he's antagonistic to whatever. Sure. Sure. Vash wants, but I'm not sure that he, like honestly, he's right about a lot of things. And when they find like one of the previous independent, um, plants like fucking dissected yet kept alive. Right. Right. How can you blame him for being like, these people are fucking barbarians. They,
0: they leaned into, I I think, stampede did such a good job of more so than the original but they clearly did it there too of self-preservation as a reaction in and of itself is not evil it's just when plants have self-preservation and humans have their own and they happen to no longer or ever have coincided when one side finally has the agency to like fuck you for trying to dissect my brother in And keep them alive. What the fuck? What do you think I'm going to do? You think I'm going to just sit here and just watch that shit? So that that at least, or like, kill
1: thousands of them to like,
0: like, fuck, perform another experiment and get that energy,
1: baby. Like, I don't blame him one bit for being fucking sore about it. Of course, I think he, he was correct in a lot of ways. Like. It'd probably be better off just to wipe this fucking planet, yeah. and move on
0: because if they if if I didn't do that they'd wipe my kind out at least the ones they brought here or they'll even worse perpetuate my brethren's suffering by just keep regrowing more and more, which fuck you dude I'm gonna come I'm gonna come in and blast your shit, no big deal so i i I think that is it's what it's always been it's it's the huge still ongoing uh environmental kind of slant on on uh this didn't we say that we we told our our friend katie that she should if there was one she should watch it should be Trigun. yeah because of that the only cogs because of that do, do you feel that the environmental elements were still in full stride in in stampede or do you no. think they kind of just okay they pulled away you think yeah i mean that's i think it's still there i don't, like, I don't really think so really <laughs> well they, it's they, they just
1: barely did. like, they talked about plants providing everything and then they didn't leave like really worry about the rest of like terraforming and stuff like that, which was a big point. Remember there was an entire farm at one, at That's one, right. for like yeah. a couple
0: episodes. Yeah. That was like the, one of the first
1: mini arcs. Yeah. Right. With like, with like water and like a whole like area that was planted and stuff like that. There was a lot more stuff about like, uh, windmills. There was a lot of stuff about like, you know, taking advantage of what they do have and instead, this time, like, these fucking, like, outer, you know, worldly things are just
0: providing everything. I, I That's a that's a fair shake, because I do feel like that the moment they get into that, what could have been, like, the OG environmentalist path, it then just goes back to the... just di- blow up her fucking place. It's yeah. like the... They had, the
1: like, uh, flowers that she showed them. Yeah. Ludia, or whatever yeah. the fuck her name was. It
0: goes back to the argument and the effects of the... that's gonna take too long yeah yeah back and forth between vash and knives like they it's so centered on their conflict and everyone ludia everyone else is a byproduct of their conflict and it's just like oh, i remember what he said or i'm i'm more down with what lord knives said like all other characters that seem to have any sense of agency in the og just they all fall back on either Vash being the inspiration or knives and it just never goes further than that like not about the planet like the original one did or its people or this or that it's all Vash it's all knives and simplistic sure hopefully that they're the second part the final phase so to speak can at least kind of capture some of that old uh, some of that old magic i think it can i think it ha- like we we talked about it. it has all the pieces available it's got all the goods it's all right mm-hmm. there Yeah, I mean, it's going to
1: be interesting to see how they play the, like, characters that already know Vash, presumably are going to have to re-meet him.
0: True, And and then a lot
1: of, honestly, a lot of the villains from the original show, they've already fucking used. So it's like, I mean, are they only going to use, like, the half of them that they haven't seen so far? Which I think would be fine. That'd be sick. I think there's some that they didn't use yet. Right. And some of those are actually the coolest ones. Um, well, honestly a lot of the original show was like a team of assassins were coming to kill them that was which it which right? was like the main i think cool part of the whole first and i don't think they used they used some they used fucking smg guy yeah
0: smg guy they used mine guy they used mine guy i think that's about it as i was saying there's like four others right yeah so uh, they, they like i said they have all the pieces available to do well, everything they used they Nebraskas. Couldn't. They used, oh, they did. They used the Nebraskas way garbo early. Yeah, and, and made them
1: really the same small. Side,
0: on the was, same side, too. Wasn't the old original, like Gulf or whatever that guy's yeah. name was, wasn't he supposed to be like 30 feet tall? Yeah, like, he was supposed massive. To be big. <laughs> that was whatever. It's Joseph. <laughs> Joseph. That's right. It's supposed to be Joseph, I think, but the worst spelling ever. And so. But uh, any final thoughts? I, I think we kind of really kind of showed the differences, but... Yeah, I do actually want to quickly say... I, when I first watched this, I
1: didn't realize how much, like, shit they ripped off from, like, other um, sci-fi-related stuff. How do you figure? Like, the sand steamer is, like, almost identical to, like, the thing from Star Wars with the Ewok or not Ewoks, the, like, fucking, what are those little things called?
0: Oh, <laughs> like, the little, yeah, like the sand druid people. Or, yeah, I don't know uh, what the yeah, fuck they're called. I don't know what they're called either. I, and I, I, probably, I know their names. I, I, just can't I, I should it. know this. I should know this. But
1: um, but anyway, it's like identical <laughs> looking to that. This The fucking worm thing is like such a heavy, like Sarlax in Star Wars. Um, The Shy Halud in fucking Dune. Shy
0: Halud. I didn't thought about them in a while.
1: I mean, that's like the whole point of Dune, right? Right, right. Um, but it was very much like that was essentially ripped directly from Dune because <laughs> it even looked the same way like when you open when its mouth opened and they all went inside oh yeah it was the, like identical was, shit
0: and I think that's what it is is that that was probably written and even the OG at a time when anime was lacked ubiquity where it was like them borrowing it and bringing it into that little corner of the the media world no one was going to give a shit but then again we say that but like spielberg lucas they all looked at akira and was just like holy shit this is insane like they've they've they have spoken out very publicly and positively right after it came out so it wasn't like it wasn't already getting noticed so well not positively they said they couldn't sell it in the u.s right but they're they all sort of like this is incredible yeah like it's, it just wouldn't sell but this is insane but to your point yeah maybe there was a little bit of uh uh you know Sticky fingers with that kind of concept. Yeah, I mean, they ganked a lot. They they had like,
1: I think, I mean, obviously, like the earliest like electric cars and stuff like that are back from like the twenties. I think actually, honestly, yeah. Um, I think it was at the World Fair in like nineteen nineteen or some shit in Chicago.
0: I want to go to a World Fair, man. I don't don't think they're as cool as they used to be. Damn, that's I mean, they used to be fucking fire. I want a revival of the world fair concept. Just like here's the craziest shit we can only build one of. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be fun.
1: I, I, there yeah. must still be world fairs, there but has anyway. To be. Yeah. And then like I think Michael Crichton actually did a really good job of like showing what like an electrified like vehicle situation would be in his like early books, like specifically Jurassic Park. And then <laughs> Sick. and then like this happened not too far after that. So I'm like I mean like obviously electric cars isn't like a like an IP that you could like no. patent or whatever from just like a intellectual Oh yeah, I think that we would have electric cars but it does seem a little insane that this world like they I think they did a better job anyway in the original of saying like oh yeah, all the oil is fucking gone, all the water's all fucking gone and like now we have to literally use like plant power to even, like, charge up vehicles, whereas, like, they never mentioned that once here, so it's like, wh- where's the fucking gas, where's the oil, where's the spice fucking melange?
0: Where's the spice melange, <laughs> dude? I think that and that's part of it, too, is we talked about it with Akira last week, and it's that this, I think the inspiration for something like a Trigun came from the Western canon of that era in sci-fi, where... Uh, technology was revered almost at times deific, like HAL 2000 and, and shit. Like, they revered the plants as literally, and I mean that literally, is like their only life saving grace in a godless or, you know, perilous land. And I think Trigon borrowed from that rather than the Akira style, where technology is something that revered, maybe, like, feared for sure technology is beyond us we are merely it, uh, holding loose reins to guide it to where we need it to our own ends but it's something like a trigun no, no they, they they revere this technology is like it, it almost as a deific element to it so that came from the 80s and 90s western canon of star of star wars star trek and all that shit where it's like technology is the f- is is the framework of our future not its potential downfall and i i you can see it in 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 stuff like trigon which is really interesting um and, but it didn't necessarily completely forget its japanese roots with technology i mean some of that technological stuff and the warnings therein the way we treated plants the way that plants use technology to get back at us it it, it was still there so I I think that's where this may differ from an Akira, is that the, the technology and the sci fi elements here have more of a reverence for its uh, for its characters therein. So
1: Well, I think you're right, definitely less cyberpunk. <laughs> it's, I wish it was more. Like, yeah, that was, what was Core, the most
0: fun shit. Or or a steampunk, I guess. Yeah, I mean. steampunk. Well, yeah, you know what? <laughs> Fucking cyberpunk. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You know what? Fucking cyberpunk, too. It's just like a more fucked up version. I just want more punk, <laughs> more man. More grundle version. I just want more punk. Yeah, I Steam, totally agree. Steam, cyber, or any other or variety. Or desert version. Desert punk? Easy. Mad yeah. Max shit? Give it to me. I'll take it. No problem.
1: Well, I mean, that's kind of what I equate with the original and this does not feel no, mad. No, it test. doesn't. It doesn't. In fact, they have the like the hoodlum gang and they're like chill as fuck. They're
0: really chill. Like, <laughs> like absurdly would, chill. I would go hang with them maybe for a single drink until yeah. shit got weird and I'd leave. But they let me go. That's <laughs> that's how those gangs work. Anyway, so I'm gonna rate this probably I'm gonna hold them, I'm gonna hold the score I have in my hand. Let's go with uh 79? Ooh I was going to do an 81. I felt that... I thought 82 at first, and then I'm like, you know what? Nah. Well, the reason that it... <laughs> fair enough. Like We're we're in a similar camp. I think this broaches into the 80s is because I think Studio Orange really set the bar for a fully CGI show. If you were to tell me that Studio Orange did any show, any IP, in this particular flavor of CGI, I'd be okay with it. This is a guy that a professor that you if you've been a long-time listener has seen my trajectory with CGI and my philosophy on it it's it's moments like trigun it's moments like other shows we've done in the past and it's not x-arm fuck x-arm x-arm can go die in the same ditch et did i don't care wow that was fucked up oh the, the game et by atari i thought you were talking about the actual show movie oh no uh oh the actual aliens actually in that pit too so Okay. Just at the bottom, under the games. So like, really, that's how Area 51 hides that shit. E. E.T. phone home. The E.T. phone uh, GameStop and pull all its games and pull it <laughs> in a ditch. But no, this, this show has set a new benchmark for what I think CGI anime can be. And it is another slow nail in the coffin to my old negative Perceptions I mean, I, of CGI. Like, I think it is. like visually, it's about as good as you can get from a full CGI.
1: I don't. I like maybe it's, it's the ninety-five class. out of a hundred as far as like visuals. Yeah, like, there I, was nothing that was like utterly garbage, disgusting, ugly. No, no. I was just a little annoyed by some of the like. Yeah, emote like it was like aggressively
0: too much. Is CGI still a bit in the uncanny valley? Sure, but is it made quite a considerable climb up the cliff to being full canny again? Yeah, it really has. And it took Studio Orange doing shit like Beastars both seasons learning a lot of Beastars was a light year leap. This could be I wouldn't call it the same level of leap, but it is a substantial uptick from what we saw on Beastars season one. And that already looks like fantastic. So we are getting to the point where there is not a person that can say CGI anime looks gross because it doesn't. It looks really good. With the right talent and the right cash and right all the all the other shit, but um, that's why it's in the eighty one for me. It looks that good being in a medium that not my favorite. So, other than that, here's the part two. Hopefully, it gives us all the shit that we're that we're looking for. Honestly, yeah, yeah, and I think that might do it that does do it that does maybe we'll do it catch you later (laughs) catch you later yes if you want to talk to us about trigun stampede versus the og trigun in the discord one dollar and up patreon.com slash webology with all the past guests and the lovely patreon folk if you want to uh, contact us anywhere you're already on the platform everything is in the description below with all of our socials and places you can contact us you can just do two clicks go one left or right, I don't know what platform you're on, but then go down and you're going to find hundreds, and I mean hundreds of hours of episodes of stuff we talked about, classics, currents, and in-betweens. And if you would like to like, comment, subscribe, anywhere you do those things, do those things wherever you do those things. Easy. (laughs) I I I couldn't have been more clear. Couldn't have been more specific. Yeah, I'm really th-
1: waning here. We're going really <laughs> to really wrap you're, you're, this fuck up. Okay,
0: fine. Until Ethan and I recharge Thank both you. of the batteries, I'm Ricky. And I'm Ethan. And this is apology Links are in the description. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> Deuces. <You get> <laughs> <laughs> They're really powering down. <laughs> shutting down. Rebooting. Oh. Woom, rebooting. Woom.